Mammoth Hello and welcome to Movie Autopsy. I'm Paul Culliver. And I'm Anthony McCormack. Anthony LaPaglia, Guy Pearce, Jeffrey Rush. What do they all have in common, Anthony? I don't know, Paul. What do they all have in common? They all have the distinct pleasure of starring alongside the future of Australian cinema, Ryan Kaur, Greg Stott and Sarah Snook. Our movie today is... Holding the Man. There's a lot to talk about, but can I just start with Sarah Snook? Yes. Holy shit, she is, she's got to be in everything, she is in everything, she's got to be just number one everything. She but is... There was very little Snook in this, as I feel yeah. there was a lot of little bits of everyone. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of Guy Pierce. there's a little bit of Jeffrey Rush. So, yeah, well, there's more Anthony LaPaglia. Is pretty, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I like, yeah, she's she's an incidental-ish part yes. of the story. I just want to say that I just want to have it on record right here up the front. Sarah Snook, got to be big news. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. Now we can move on. Okay. We this can. movie, holy, this movie floored me. It did? Just absolutely. Just, I, admittedly, I went in actually not knowing a whole lot. I knew that it had been getting good reviews. At a Melbourne International Film Festival, uh, a few of my friends had seen previews and such. Uh, I went to see it uh, opening day. Mm-hmm. It was a journey, uh, and we, we did. We we journeyed through the characters, and I didn't know that it was a a true story until the end. My first clue that it was I was a, naive. Yeah, my first clue that it was a true story was at, at my school. <laughs> like if I can, Zavere. if I can out myself, yeah. I was a Zaverian, Xavier, Xavier but, boy. Yeah, I went to Xavier's school for the yeah. gifted. What I <laughs> and uh, the the Weird. strange thing, like the first thing I see is like the football field, and I'm like, oh, that's that looks like uh, my football field. <laughs> and then there's the chapel in the background, and that chapel is you know a point of pride for your Zaverian, you know your typical Zaverian. Yeah. I'm like, that looks a lot like... And then the next thing is that the teacher that is, like, taking care of the, you know, on the sidelines and the coach or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. He's, like, one of the Tony Twists from Around the Twist. What? And I'm like, hang on, that... This is, you know... This is your, this is your days, my, your this school is days. This my childhood. I'll come back to... Right here. And what I like, then they went to university, Monash University, and I'll yeah. out myself. Yes, I'll do. I'm an old boy from Monash University. Oh, wow. What I I love about this, in the case of both Xavier and Monash, is that there are so many old buildings that have just been there for so many years. Yes. Now, like, for at least 40 years. I like that they just went, oh, we've still got the same exteriors. We could just film this as if it was in the 70s. Yes. (laughs) Because they're still there. Bloody Menzies building, all right? This big behemoth of a building, 11 stories high. Just still there. We can film... We can film in front of it. No one will know what year it is. Love it. And you know, like, I I don't want to have one over on you, Paul. I don't want to turn this into a competition. All right, all right. But Xavier is like a religious school. Like, it's a private school. Yeah. And I was so impressed as a an old student of that school that they would allow that story, an A, to be to represent the school, Mm. To to have the school on screen as part of the story of this, you know, forbidden love between two male students mm. in a time where uh, gay, you know, relationships were not treated as kindly yeah. 
yeah. as they are today. And today, they're still treated pretty terribly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, number one, to be represented on the screen. Number two, to say to the filmmakers, come on. Bring your camera kit. What ca- Film on the actual school itself. Yeah, I like that. And I, can I give a little bit of, like, showbiz, like, insider? So, I, I yeah. my claim to fame. I'll, right? I'll do. Go. I've uh, I've been in a in a little little TV movie once. Right? Is this true? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, just co-starring with uh, just David Wenham, Vince Colosimo, Hugo Weaving. It's- true story. What? Yeah. You never told me this. I uh, I played the part of uh, schoolboy number seven. Wow. I was I was out of focus and in the bottom of frame for about uh, one and a half seconds. That still counts. <laughs> Do you get like royalties? Uh, I got a I got a check for one hundred dollars. Wow! And that was in year seven. Yeah. So to that, that's like the jackpot. That's pre piracy. I was. Yeah, I have the DVD. <laughs> I'll freeze frame it and show you. Wow. Now, what the reason I bring this up yes. is that uh, there is a flashback scene in that, and that's the scene I'm in. I'm a schoolboy in the 70s or something. Now, what we're wearing, we're wearing like old school like Catholic boy school uniforms. Mm-hmm. However, the uniforms are not real. It's not a real school. Oh. And apparently, if you look closely amongst various productions in Melbourne where you have a fake school, there's just the, a generic... <laughs> like uniform Yeah There's this particular Fictional school That I think just Lots of people have gone to In various storytelling However I like it It was Xavier yeah. If anyone's wondering From around the world Xavier's a real school That's a real school Anthony was educated there Or did his best not to be Yeah exactly Exa- I certainly <laughs> did The thing I didn't know The uniform Is the uniform today It's the exact that's same true. uniform Is it the same Well that's the, the thing The only thing that's different And I don't know if they've changed it To make it an on-screen representation of the school Rather than the actual school Yeah um, Or if going back in history The tie was this way But it's the tie Is ah, different For some reason That's interesting I guess it might be Yeah there are a few little things Just filming around Melbourne That you're just like Mmm that Well this is the thing Look these are very nitpicky Yeah Very nitpicky Yeah But like I just noticed like some There's been some developments Like in the Menzies building I'm like well that wasn't it But it's literally like Off yes. in the distance There's also some stuff like In just a street And there was like a car Just parked A little bit down the driveway Yeah I was like, no that's That that's looks nonsense. like a 2000s Commodore <laughs> What that is, yeah, <laughs> little things like that. Where I was just like, oh, it's you know, just could yeah, not even where it's parked. It's, ask them that to it's the model it. of the, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but apart from that, I liked that. You know, for me, most of the storytelling of the time, apart from them showing it on screen, done through hair. Yes, it's pretty much just hair. Yes, that's what told us what year it was, and I quite like that. And and I tell you, like it took me. I was alive during the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. I was in no way cognizant of <laughs> of the things that were going on. I know people were quite scared about AIDS mm. and that there are a lot of stories coming out about AIDS. Like you get the feeling that AIDS had been around and you were getting to hear the stories of people living with it at, yeah. around that time. Yeah. And this kind of took me back to that. Like this kind of took me back oh, wow. to childhood hearing these kinds of stories wow. and this was the first time I kind of hooked in th- where I'd had a relationship like this. Not, you know, me and a guy, but me and a girl. And to me, it was mirrored. It was the exact kind of relationship. Like, you have the, you know, the nervousness at the start and one of you is very dogged and the other one is very, oh, I want you to be dogged. 
I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, show me what. It was very. Look, let's let's get into it. We haven't done our. Oh, spoiler warning! We haven't of got course. into it. We haven't got into it. But let's get into it now. So yes. l- l- everything from now on. Okay, there could be spoilers. There could be. Because we're going to talk about the movie in depth. But the best way for there to be no spoilers... Is go out and see that movie. Holy shit. Like, Australia, <laughs> this whole thing about Australian cinema, do we make good films, do we make successful films or not, this film is an incredible story. Like, yes. it's, it's a true story. Mm-hmm. It's telling an important story, not only because of the... I mean, in terms of... It's a, essentially a story about two, two men that loved each other and, and what happened... Yes, and that's a, it's a riveting story in itself, but also so important in terms of, I think, look, just the portrayal of love on screen. I think this is one of the most real portrayals, like so, like visceral and and honest portrayals of of just love between two people. Yes, um, and I think and 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 prejudice and and bigotry, uh, but also the softening of those, like the fact. Oh that, yeah, that I mean, not love will overcome everything, but but. Love wears down, yeah, the bigotry. Which is incredible um, to see that played out on screen. And I I actually love the fact that this film starts out with a scene, and it's it's very... At, at first, I, I was almost like, oh, fuck this scene. Like the, yeah. the, like, the cold, almost like a cold open, if that's what you'd call it, maybe not. And it felt very much like you do this in a play. And it was like, it was the, I, I can't remember. I need to remember. And it was, yes. that, that line delivery to me was a bit, it was a bit like on stagey, if that makes sense. Like, I yes. felt like it was a bit like, Ugh, yeah, okay. Oh, I need to remember a thing. And it was a bit like, oh, okay. Yeah, this no, is I'm, a whole movie I'm like this. glad that you say this. I had the exact same feeling. It kind of felt... Like, that was a scene they tacked on at the start to say, we need some urgency at the beginning. Yeah. And that the the phone call, like, drops out, and he doesn't have the change to keep it going. Mm. And so the answer to his question gets delayed, and it's kind of like, this is the most invented, you know, kind of... <laughs> th- this is not an urgency that I care about at all. Yeah. So, like, that first scene happens, and I'm like, mm, okay, looking at my watch. But then the the movie starts properly yeah. after that scene. Yeah. That's the thing. That but it pays off. I in the moment of seeing that first scene, I was like, "Ugh, oh, I'm not yeah. sure about this." Yeah, yeah. But then by the end, once they revisit that, holy shit! The emotional just and I knew it was coming. Yes, because once you actually see the dinner party, you go, "Oh, okay, this is what they're talking about." And then as the movie prog- and you're like, at first you're like, oh, "Okay, well now I know what that is." And as the movie progresses the weight of that question becomes, you know, and the answer to that question becomes so much more weighty as you go, oh, my God, this is more and more significant as you see all the things they go through together. And then by the time it comes, like, I knew exactly what it was by the end. Like, I, like as he was opening up the paper, I was like, oh, it's got to it's gotta say he sat next to you or whatever. Uh, and I'm like, oh, it's just got to say that, whatever. And then for him to open it up and to have that wording as it was, he was by your side. Yes. And I was just like, oh, one, two in the guts. Yeah. Just, oh, that, if <laughs> it, you ever paid off an opening scene. But to me, it almost seemed like, of course, you would remember that he was by your side. But it's like, it, all the added meaning to yeah. those words. Yeah. Holy much. And look, yeah, to go back to what you're talking about, and then it opens up and it's the whole courtship. Yes, of uh, of the of each other, and I'm just like it was so like, 
because it's it's all that trepidation of like, do, do you like me? Like, yes or no? <laughs> you know, like circle on a piece of paper or you know. And I like that he was so bold about it. Yeah. He was just like, I like this boy. You know what I like I is that he, he he has a character, and it's such a strong character, and mm. um, you feel different ways about him in the same way that you'd feel different ways about a person that you would know. Like, mm. there are times where you're like, I, you are just a prick, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, like, things happen, and he feels terrible about, like, there's the, the, the sickness comes into play. Yeah. And it's maybe one has given it to the other, and you revisit that, and it's like, maybe, no, hang on, maybe it's you have given it to him. And at the same, you like, so you're almost feeling, in stories that have gone by mm. with the AIDS thing, and I've felt maybe Degrassi. Mm. Maybe Degrassi is what I'm remembering. Degrassi, junior high, Degrassi high, and they used to do stories like this, like, you know, drugs, like a, a, every week a new student would get addicted to drugs or, or sex. <laughs> Drug of the week. Yeah, yeah every, every week a new student would get addicted to sex. There's a new generation yeah. now, isn't there? Degrassi, I, the new I've generation. lost track. But th- I think AIDS came up. Right. And I felt, and, and I was a kid, Paul, like, as a kid, you don't understand these things properly. But I felt like the sex was like a loaded gun, and someone had given the sex to someone else, and it's like, you were irresponsible with the sex mm. giving. Mm. Whereas this, I didn't feel like it was like a neg, like it was a beautiful thing that these two people were sharing. And how tragic that this beautiful thing yeah. had become, you know, Toxic in that way. Well, I think it was. I think it was the line from from John Calio, um, from the uh, from the Craig Stott. Well, Craig Stott being the actor. Um, I think it was his line that he said. Well, we didn't know this was. It was something along the lines of, "We didn't know this was on the horizon. We didn't know yeah. this was coming." You know. Yeah. So it was like, well, how they were just naive kids in love having sex as they did. But it's like, if you don't know that that's a problem, if you don't know that AIDS is on the horizon, why would you do anything about it? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I like, and that's the, the added meaning of like every time the parents are like, oh, that's such a shame, such a waste. And it's like, yes. Well, it is in that we are losing these men's lives. But for the, it's funny because it's a loaded statement when they say that. Because they say it's such a shame as in, you know, that I think there's an added thing of like, oh, that our, that our kids would even be gay. Yeah. To them is a waste, is a shame. And it's like, no, 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 it's it's the loss of it's the senseless loss of life. It it is senseless loss, but I to to me there was a feeling of that this was inevitable. You know what I mean? And it was a ine- the real tragedy yeah. is that these two guys didn't grow up in an age that you and I are in now, Paul, where there's an awareness of this kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, in terms of prevention, but also yes. in terms of, I, I think many people with medication can now live with AIDS, and it's, I think the, the mortality rate is much lower. Well, that's fantastic. Um, which is a good thing. But uh, how? But it- that's the thing. Of, 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 if, 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 if we go out living our lives and we're like, we're eating, you know, if we just eat a certain type of food and then in 10 years' time they go, oh, you know that food you've been eating for 10 years? That's going to kill you in the next two. You'd yes. be like, well, but I ate it because it felt good. Yeah. And now you're telling me that's going to kill me. McDonald's fries. And they even have the thing about condoms. I think that they portray them using condoms earlier than even when they're diagnosed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's you don't need to get into the minutiae of all of that. But it's And that's the kind of thing. It's, it doesn't matter in the end. 
But how interesting, um, coming back to a point that I tangented off, you know, hours ago. <laughs> Sorry about it. It's probably my fault. Oh, no, it's very much my fault. <laughs> that um, this, this character, and it's such a strong character of the main guy... And he's so... Timothy. Timothy. He's Mm. so powerful and he's so assertive and he's so in your face. Yeah. And I think about that wonderful moment um, when on on the car, and he's lying on the top of the car, yeah. and he's like, you know, in in, in your face, in on the window of the car, basically. Um, and it's like the same kind of personality attributes that are so beautiful and wonderful about Timothy are also the ones that grate on you sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's a little bit too much, Timothy. And how interesting to think that his character, to a certain degree like later on in the later stages with the doctor and the doctor saying i think you're manic Mm. and it's like how much of his character is actually this thing working on him yeah if you know what i mean yeah well and and well that's the thing is that something that's only developed as a result of the aids so it's the condition so it's then yeah how much of that I can I just say that moment on the roof of the car is that's one of my favorite. I mean, just in directorially, cinematographically, how do you say that word? Yeah, <laughs> uh, when they show when the guy he looks to the side and there's just the feet hanging over. He's like, huh? <laughs> and then it flips over to the other side of the car and it's just the head hanging out, hanging down there. And I'm like, oh, that's just so simple but so beautiful. Yeah, I I love that moment. Uh, something about that was like, ah, oh, it's just a nice little bit of little ca- uh, snapshot of cinema making. But um, yeah, that's the thing. Is this? I just this film, the enormity of it in terms of it's a it's a longer film. Yes, like, I, I feel I felt the length of it. It felt really simple to me, which mm. which I find as a a sign of a very good film mm. and a story well told. It just well, that's the thing. It didn't add. It wasn't didactic. It wasn't trying to ram anything down her throat yeah. about gay rights or anything like that, or or same sex marriage or anything. <laughs> now just... you accuse me sometimes, Paul, oh. of bringing our Prime Minister Tony Abbott into discussions every, about every podcast. He's got to date these podcasts. Oh yeah. 20 years time people got to listen back and be like, "What was Anthony's deal?" Once Prime Minister of Australia Tony Abbott. <laughs> one time. One time. <laughs> we I gonna... just love it in like news articles and stuff when they say one time whatever and you're like, "Well, should they've done it more?" <laughs> like they did it for 10 years and they'll be yeah. like one time president of something and you'll be like, "Yeah." Well, does that mean, like, Kevin Rudd, for example, is a two-time Prime Minister? Yeah, he's a two-time Prime Minister. <laughs> but uh, can you imagine Tony Abbott sitting down and watching this movie? Can you, even, like, can you even imagine his brain processing the images that are being shown to him on this screen uh- <laughs> of two humans being human with each other? You know what I mean? Hey, uh, uh, if you're listening to this, I find it uh, 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 a little confronting. <laughs> if you're listening to, to this, quote in the Tony future, Abbott himself, yeah, it, it, he is yeah. not a man that. That's deals the thing. With I mean, because it has humans. those characters in there: the Anthony Lapalli and the guy Pierce. And yes, the, uh, I, I reckon my favourite of all of them is uh, they're they're away with the boys. Is it a school trip? It might be Xavier Boys. Mm. Let me just breathe on my chest in pride and <laughs> rub my fist in pride. Um, rub my fist on my chest in pride. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> I, I rub my fist sounded like I was, oh, yeah, I'm ready to bash or whatever. That's terrible. That's not what I'm going for. 
but, but the whole thing of like, we're, we're not going to do a nutty run anymore. I, I don't feel comfortable doing a nutty run. Mm. And then everyone except for that one guy strips down and they all go for the nutty run. And then like the camera just lingers for a minute. And I think if this was like a truly great film, you'd just see that one guy that held out. <laughs> running along, and then sure enough, <laughs> here you go. He's like, "I'm coming, guys." <laughs> and I'm like, "Bravo, yeah. movie, bravo!" I gotta say that was they touched on it a little bit with that, and also when Guy Pierce is like, "Oh, we all mess around in the showers, you know, but we move on or whatever." I was like, "I never did any of that. <laughs> I've never done the nudie run. Yeah, I've never, you know, hung out in the showers with other naked men and be like, all right, let's have a bit of fun, boys.'" Did, I never did any of that. Did you walk away from Guy Pierce's character with more questions and answers? Yeah, no, because no, I mean I've faced this before. Yes, I've, I'm not, I'm not unaware of this, this weird. I'm going to call it weird. I mean, it's natural. It's, it's fine. Whatever consenting adults want to do with each other in whatever context is fine. Yes, but there is a strange thing about straight men asserting their sexuality, their straight sexuality. Through what would otherwise be called gay acts. Yes. Uh, I, In a nutshell, this is a, a little nutshell of a story. Okay. I was in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it went in Switzerland. I was in the Swiss Alps. I think it was the Swiss Alps. Somewhere in Switzerland. Yep. I was at a hostel on a, on a bit of a top deck tour, kind of like a Contiki. Yep. Uh, is that where the chocolate is on the bottom and on top is like the white chocolate? You know what? I was right near where they filmed uh, What's the Snow with Roger Moore yeah, with the um, skiing opening. The uh, I'm thinking of George Lazenby. No, the um, For Your Eyes Only, is it? Maybe, yeah. Or On Her Majesty's Secret Service, perhaps. Well, that, that's the George Lazenby one. Oh, well, maybe it was that one. But the, yeah, there is a snow. I there was right near there, there to give it a movie flavour. Oh, yeah. right near there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, all of a sudden at the hostel, a whole lot of British Marines turned up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And they saw me dancing around, having a good time. Now, for the listeners that don't know, I'm a straight man. All right? Yeah. I'm straight. But a lot of people can think... Well, you're very well groomed. I'm very well groomed, yes. apparently. Yep. I've got a nice face. Yes, you do. It does come up a lot that a lot of people are like, oh, he's gay. Anyway... Very quickly, a word spread around the British Marines that it was going to be a challenge to, in some fashion, have some pull. Right. And that's a bit terrifying. Well, certainly that they're trained, you know, <laughs> to, to overcome any obstacles. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a scary night for me. I, I, <laughs> it actually was. Like, I'm not even kidding. Sleep with there one was, eye open, gripping I mean, your pillow tight. Yeah, I, we, we, like, joking aside, that was actually quite threatening to yeah. have a, a team of British Marines deciding they wanted to get some. <laughs> oh, my god! But one of them, who was a little bit more kinder than the others, but still a little bit complicit, tried to explain away their behaviour, being like, basically saying that, yeah, they'll do these these gay acts... And and still like that in any way, some way asserts their their heteronormativeness. Right. It's a weird thing. And I luckily I I actually got an escort back to my cabin that night, and we locked the door and it was all fine. Wow. But it was a scary thing. Anyway, so I've had I I've faced this before. It's in the real world. 
So you faced actual threats rather threats than of- like Tony Abbott threats, which is like, oh, they're holding hands now, now, and I what can I, see it. What I'm saying is that I'm not comparing that experience in any way to the, the lifetime of prejudice that out or not out gay people or LGBTIQ people face. I'm not saying yes. that. That's not what I'm doing at all. Well, yeah, I'm talking isn't that about- interesting that you're putting yourself in the shoes in that situation yeah. of someone that's facing that every day? Well, that's the thing. That's like a little taste of it. Yeah. Uh, a bad, bitter, dirty yes, taste. Yes, um, But what I'm saying is uh, this is all in, in reference to the guy Pierce. Oh, we've all messed around. I d- like that thing that, that, that and the nudie run. Guys will do that. And, the, and, the, and, and I'm not saying a nudie run is in any way homoerotic. It's not. That's yes. the whole point. However, if you're going to go into the showers and have a bit of a, a slap and a tickle, I assume is what the boys call it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, maybe is a bit. And, and so that's what breaks my brain is that I've never taken part in that. I have no interest in taking part of that. But for straight men to do that and then to look at a guy and call him, you know, derisive what? words that I won't repeat. I have had discussions with ladies yeah. where it has come up that I've been, I went to a private school mm. and they say, oh, well, obviously you've played the Soggy Salada uh. game. Which, Google that, kids, if you're... But, uh, like, kids! <laughs> kids. If you're a kid, do not Google that. You can play it, otherwise go you won't into, know the rules. Into- <laughs> the thing is, Incognito like... mode, all right? But, um, but I, like I've said, you know, that I did not have that experience. No, thank God, no. And, and they've, like, argued with me. Oh, surely, surely. Why, a boarding school's, I think, a bit more prevalent. Yeah. If Yeah. And do I winter nights when you just want something to eat? I feel like you can have those experiences, and yeah. they can be like they can even be non-sexual. I don't know what they are. I I've never, I have never even gone into any of that. It's just gross more than anything. I think. Well, uh, so, well, like, that there's, particular there's nothing, one. There's nothing to be like unshackled about the the prejudice towards soggy yeah. sayo. All right, as well <laughs> as like, and this is a well discussed trope of the soggy sayo game. It rewards like bad behaviour, which is finishing quickly. Uh, okay, can we move on? <laughs> we, can, we can. We can. I think we've digressed, and that's okay. <laughs> we've we've tangented to to. But I'm happy to move on. Oh, Can look, I say, it's, it's this- a podcast about holding the man. Let me skip exactly 20 the- minutes into it. Look, this movie yeah. is important in the sense that it, it tells the whole story and it shows the progression. It does. And uh, I don't. we don't necessarily need to drill down into every single part of that. But what I really like is that it shows, as you're talking about, like that giddy school days of and the, the pursuit of someone. And that's just like, that's what I, this is what I'm saying, is that from yeah. me, from, from the perspective of a straight man that's only ever dated women... Uh, is that uh, I've only ever courted women. And so that's my experience, right? I don't know what it's like to date a gay man uh, or a man. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what it's like to date a man, whether they're gay or not. But did you see yourself in these That's characters? what I'm saying. Yeah. I saw myself exactly. I'm like, that's yeah. exactly what it's like. And what's what, I li- what I'm saying is not to say I went, oh, it's the same. I'm saying that anyone can watch that and experience that the same. They can put themselves in it and go, yeah, there is no difference. What I, I like, like that. What I like too is that it puts like there's this whole gay culture that you know it, it's like a subculture of like people at at a time in their life when they're enjoying sex, mm. and it's like you are almost jealous of gay people having gay sex because they know how to do it right. In, you're getting in their so circle. much, Anthony. Well, exactly <laughs> is the word. But um, but 
that this movie even puts that in an interesting context as well, where mm. it, it becomes a relationship thing mm. of like you've been with the same partner for all this time, and you still love that partner absolutely, but as well, there's so much sex you're not having, which I feel is like a a, a, a stage. What is the sex they're not having? You, well, you know what I mean. Like you, you want to go out and try. Or with others, yeah, with saying. others yeah, before okay. you die, yeah, and and um and this movie kind of puts that in an interesting like I feel like a lot of people get to that stage in their life where they're like if they have been in a monogamous relationship mm. with one person, especially since school, mm. and they get to that you know twenty something kind of age, and they're mm. like yeah. And especially in that Monash, you feel it in the Monash scenes of, like, mm. all of these guys looking at each other, and they are all consenting adults. And there's the, there's the hinting at, I think, the house party that perhaps became a bit raucous. Yep. A bit um, a bit salacious. And it, that, was, that was the suggestion in that, in, that, in that scene. I really like the way that they do that. That it, it's yeah. like a... It doesn't feel gritty or gross... No. Or over the top, but it f- it just feels like young it's people like, being young people. Yeah, it's just people going, "Well, us, we're at uni, we're free to do what we like." Yeah, all the, all those all those straights, all all those heteronormies over there, they're having fun. Why can't why can't we as well? And I, what I like about what this is an interesting thing is that, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, but and I suppose Timothy Conagrave, uh he wrote this into the because as we now know, he, <laughs> as we discovered, he wrote the book. Yep. He very sadly died uh, 10 days later, as we find oh, out. In which the, is... Oh, it hit me. Which is such a heartbreaking... Like, he had to... It, it, like, the narrative of that, that you write into that, is that he had to finish the story, and then once yeah. he was, you know... Which is amazing, which and then... Because you see those scenes where he's in... Now, where is he at the start and the end of the movie? I think it's in... Is it Italy? I, Italy Somewhere is in good, Italy. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to get more specific. I think they say it's maybe Naples or something. Yeah. Um, but, it, it, well, number one, that it has the family connection to yes. his lover. Yeah. But number two, like, you see him there and he's young. Like, like you see him go through so many hairstyles in the course of the movie. So, you say to yourself, the actor hasn't aged, but you don't know what age the actual you know, living person that this is based off mm. uh, is. But the the actual actor, he looks so young and he's he's there in the sun and the waves and you just mm. say, you know, sure, he's got these this AIDS thing. Yeah. But he's got years ahead of him, 10 days. Yeah. At the end of the movie. Yeah. And it's just, it breaks your heart. And because he, what does it say? He's 34, was it? Yeah. Um, and what, what was interesting, because he wrote the book, then it became a play, a very successful play, and then the play... I don't know whether it's... An, uh, maybe it's a mix of the adaptation of both the book and the play. That, that would make sense. Um, but, anyway, what I want to get back to is in terms of this... So, we've got the infection, and it's hinted at. And I just want to raise this. I don't know quite what the hint is, but to me, the hint was, well, if they've just been sleeping with each other, and that, that's what they were saying, like, well, we can't be infected then. And yeah. oh my god, that moment of like elation! They're like, "Oh, we're so good. We we we're both negative. We're masters of our own, you know, destiny. Whatever, you know, we can." And then that that shocking drop to go, "No, we're both positive." But the implication there is surely that one of them has, yeah, has dipped outside the pool. <laughs> Is, is that the phrase? Are you yeah, no. That? I I re- I was standing like, by that? I was like, outside the pool. That sounds nice and good. But I forgot that I is. used dipped. Yeah, 
dipped bad. But um, <laughs> but that's but, a- but it, that scene comes after we see Timothy having, you know, there's a great time that he has in in what looks like a gay sauna, right? Which if you've never seen a gay sauna. I know we uh, did like a, you know, the the Naughty Rude show, which was like the sex education show. Um, and um, James Finlay, who who was hooked up with with a connection that got us in to, you know, have a, a, a look, like a proper sex educational look, right. Paul, at this you've kind been, of place. You're, what you're saying is you've been to a gay sauna. It is incredible. Is this on YouTube? I, I It should be. I don't think it is. <laughs> You but put that on YouTube. but like these places are and and it it makes you so uh it's, it's I want to know what this next word is. <laughs> it makes I, you so what Anthony? It gets me emotional. Yeah. Because you realize that what this is apart from an incredible place. Mm. Yeah, you know, like it's <laughs> okay. Well, it's an incredible. It's like you know the stereotype of gay people is that they're very good at designing and you know <laughs> like okay. make. And you walk into this place and it is decadent. It's okay. incredible. This is a place of straight up hedonism. Is that is that a fair thing to say? That's a fair thing to say. Okay, but as well, what you realise, like the hedonism strikes you first. The second thing that strikes you is this is a safe place. This is yeah. a place where you can be. Who you are, and there are no Tony Abbotts there. You know what no I mean? Tony no Tony to- Abbotts. There are no people there. No one-time prime ministers. There are no j- judge, jury, executioners. There are okay. no people giving you looks, and you're not sure what those looks mean. Mm. You know, I've, I've never lived with that kind of stuff, but just to be in that place and realise this is a safe place for so many people. Mm. And I don't know how many people would see that sauna scene and be thinking that immediately, you know what I mean? But right. I had that had that extra resonance. There was for me. A, there was an element of when when Timothy went in there, it was like he was like, "Well, this is," I don't know. I, there was like an element of like, "Well, this is what I've been looking for. This is this is the this is a place for me." Yeah, and that that was kind of nice of him going. Okay, this is you know I I, I needed to find this place. <laughs> yeah, amongst many other places. Um, but yeah, I I just thought that was an interesting dynamic of. If one of them was negative, and then it was it was assumed that John had infected Timothy, then it was then it was Timothy going, okay, yes, John had slept with someone else, yeah. But then the flip side, and then and John not protesting that, and then not really examining that. Yes, am I being naive about this? No, you're kind of. This was a question in my head, but it never fully formed yeah. because the movie didn't seem concerned with it, so well, I that's wasn't. The concerned thing with they it. don't really go into it. Kind of like um, in Theory of Everything, when there's the suggestion of Stephen Hawking. Uh, oh yeah, go, having dipping outside the pool. Oh no, actually, well, more so. Also, his wife. Well, both him yeah. and his wife having some indiscretion. And they, they don't gloss over it, but they don't go into detail. Similar here, where it kind of goes, eh, this might have happened, but it's not important. But I just think it's interesting how they kind of... What are you smiling at? <laughs> I'm just... Just in my head, I'm like, where would you dip if not in the pool? <laughs> I, think, I think you just started out wrong. I did. Wrong I verb. Did. I did. That's true. <laughs> Sampled? No. Sam- yeah, that, well, that's good. Sampled. Tasting platter. Yes. No. But well, well, yeah, it is like you yeah. don't. Maybe that thing does happen, mm. and you don't bring that in because you want the character to remain sympathetic. Yeah, but then it flips. Yeah, when they uh, and I was trying to get my head around that, and I it was the, the basically the takeaway was that in fact Timothy may have been the first, which, which in I, that way may exonerate John. But then the fact that 
John was never like, hey, wait a second, I couldn't have. Yeah. Makes me think that, okay, well, maybe they're just both at fault, if, if, if fault is the right word. And there's never really any scene where Timothy kind of, you know, says to John, hey, it could have been me. Yeah. Like, he says it to his own mother. Mm. And that's, you know, really tragic. Like, like that's when, if you've been feeling Timothy, you're up to no good up to that point. Mm. Just seeing him break down and say, I might have killed the men that I loved. Mm. And it is, absolutely. And and the fact that they were like, oh, let's keep this till after the wedding, and then, and then the fact that they just have that emotional scene, and then uh, and then for a guy, a guy appears to walk in and be like, oh, what's what's going on here? And then clearly he tells them, yeah. And I thought that was really interesting when John was like, oh, how selfish. I was like, well, gosh, is it? To yeah, yeah, it's hard questions. That's a difficult one. And they don't get either. What I also like, they don't get hung up on whether it's selfish or not. It doesn't end up being a big... That's Look, the greatest thing about this to me, and the fact that it is a true story, so it's not just like, oh, we decided... Like, if someone was just writing this story, it's like, oh, we just decided when we were writing this story that they'd be together and sort and uh, look after each other till the end. There is some added weight to the fact, like, no, there were these two real people that lived, yeah, that had this great love, that lived through all this uh, trauma and, and horror but still through that loved each other and supported each other till the end. Like, that's yeah. what I was amazed by. And I like put myself in that going, God, would I even still be around? Like, am I am I a piece of shit? Or could, <laughs> could I be as good a person as they were to each other? For them, yeah. like there was a little little there were tensions and there were little snap snaps at each other and such. But the fact that they were still like just that look in the eyes, for them to still love each other right till the end. Even when, you know, your hair's fallen out and you're looking not great, you know. I, I love the mirror kind of thing that happens where the first time that there's a parting of the ways where they're breaking up mm. and uh, Timothy says to John, um, I'm paraphrasing, but mm. it's something along the lines of, are you okay with the split? And John yeah. says, no, I'm not okay. Yeah. And then the, the, the next time that happens and it mirrors it mm. where John is basically saying, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to die. And Timothy's like, I'm not. I'm not okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Got, I got nothing yeah. else. I just, like, I think I, for me, this is a very personal thing, like, it it reaffirmed to me, I really liked it because it's it's one of the most honest um, and just, I guess, down-to-earth portrayals of, uh, of a, a same-sex relationship that I've ever seen in cinema. Yeah. Um, and maybe people can say, hey, Paul, why haven't you seen this? Why haven't you seen that? You know, I'm sure there are others. But to me, I really liked it because to reaffirm for myself to like uh, to watch that and just go, yeah, that's that's just love. That's that's yeah. it's we're all the same. And even like, I mean, once upon a time, the AIDS had a stigma. Mm. But now that it is, you know, a disease and there's less of a. You know, you're paying for your lifestyle with this disease kind right. of stigma attached to it, and that it is a disease. And you see it not through the eyes of a 90s kid that's like, you know, what did you do to get this AIDS? But you, right. you see it through tw- 2015 where it's like this is a sickness, mm. and it's like through sickness and health, and that is what this love thing is, yeah. is, hey, I had you at your best. I'm going to have you at your worst as well. And can I just give a shout out that I just quite enjoyed in in the uh, in the dinner party scene and a bit before that I was just like watching it and be like is that is that Tegan Higginbotham 
Oh, yeah. Stephen Higginbotham. <laughs> yeah. A uh, friend and comedian uh, from Melbourne. Uh, he's a very, very good yeah. performer. I don't think I've seen an act before. And I was like, as Tegan Higginbotham. That's fun. Always, wa- always fun when you pay money. Go to go to into the cinema, sit down, big screen, lots of people there. Yeah. And then your friend's just on the screen. I just, yeah. Yeah, that's very good. That's good. Yeah. More and, of that. And, and you know what? I had the similar experience during the Monash scenes with the pub and the yeah. brawling and the... And and it, is that Tommy Dasolo? Is that Tommy Dasolo up there in the screen? It wasn't. It wasn't him he, at all. Yeah, I, I'm no, gonna check this. I don't. Oh well. Although there was Bryce Hardy was up there okay. on the screen. He he <laughs> he was in there in the pub giving eyes, and I'm like, oh, Bryce is gonna get in on this action. And then he's all like, he's the guy that's like, I got a problem with you. I'm like, Bryce, no. Mm. Also, I wonder. I don't. I haven't looked it up, but I'm wondering how many of the actors in this are NIDA graduates. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I imagine more than a few. I like that the movie is timeless, but it does date a little bit. Like it shows you the time period by saying you'll be the next Mel Gibson, <laughs> who everybody celebrates. We all love Mel Gibson. <laughs> He's Australia's favourite son. Yeah, was Mad Max? At the, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Also, I can I also just Jeffrey Rush kind of. I don't. Did Jeffrey Rush go to NIDA or was he like a VCA book? Because doesn't it feel so much like someone making a little bit of fun? Yeah, that, yeah. that is definitely yeah. what I was feeling. Like it was like, hey Jeffrey, can you just uh, can you come play a NIDA teacher? And- <laughs> oh, I'll play a NIDA teacher, all right. <laughs> as he rubs his hands together, that's what I was feeling like. My Jeffrey Rush story because he helped save save the VCA in Australia in Melbourne, which is kind of. I guess the closest equivalent to NIDA in Melbourne. Yeah, it's a little know. bit better than NIDA, but, I mean, we don't like to compete. <laughs> but he helped- I, I don't actually know. Um, VC- I'm just being- <laughs> Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. VCA was under threat and Jeffrey Rush helped save it. And I was at the art centre in Melbourne. And I was just ordering a drink at the bar. I looked to my left. There's Jeffrey Rush. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be respectful and just let him order his drink and I'll walk away. Some drunk VCA graduate comes up. Oh, Jeffrey! Thank you for saving the V. He's like, oh, you're, you're, very, you're very welcome. Nah, mate, Jeffrey, I want to. He's like, oh, no, no, you're very welcome. Mate, I want, I'm like, walk away, buddy. Walk away. <laughs> and that's my Jeffrey Rush story. You have more than one Jeffrey Rush story. What's my other? Oh, well, we have a Jeffrey Rush story. Yeah, well, we were at, like, it was some It was films, Theory of Everything. It was Theory of Everything. In actual fact, the screening. And you, it was the exact same story. You were standing to the left of him. Yeah. You thought, I'm going to be respectful to Jeffrey. Yeah. And someone came up and went, oh, Jeffrey, I want to take your photo. <laughs> they weren't slurring. It was the actual paid photographer at the event. Oh, oh was it actually? Yeah, yeah, it was oh, okay. like a press photographer. Oh, that's fair. It enough. was like on behalf of a Village Roadshow or whoever was putting on. I think it was them. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> it wasn't just a rando. Okay. Well, I was painting it. <laughs> uh, obviously, I was painting it to be no, more in line they, with they your wanting, memory of the first they event. They were wanting to get... They were like, oh, we have a VIP at the event. We want to get a photo of the VIP to say, hey, look, this VIP. It's Jeffrey Rush yeah. came to see our film. And Jeffrey was like, oh, no, no. Just just, just got off the flight. Yeah, Ter- terribly jet jet lag. He's very British it's when very, you do him. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yes, terribly. Yeah, well, I, because I, I can't do a good Jeffrey. So, yeah, but no, it's my that's my best true. approximation. Your stereotypical Jeffrey. Yeah. Yep. Because there's a little bit of a warp. <laughs> don't you? Don't you? Well, look, me talking like this versus, oh, Jeffrey, <laughs> which is closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know no, what I mean? I, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> For I, effect. 
No, no, no. I, I had to interrogate it, but you withstood yeah. the interrogation. Can I... Can, <laughs> can I... I'm just going to... Parting words on this, all right? I yep. think holding the man... Uh, stellar cast, young cast. Although what I really love is that it's like it's the up and comers. Holy shit! All the young actors in this are going to do some amazing things. Oh, and t- holding the man, like, Timothy. Uh, now, where is Timothy from? Is it uh, the grass is always greener? Was that the Channel Seven show that he was on? Where, who is this? Are we talking about the actor that plays Timothy? Yeah, uh, Ryan Core. Ryan Core. Yeah, a, the big barn. What what is the show? The name of the show? The Barn Wolf on the Grass. Wolf Creek Two. Wolf Creek Two. <laughs> He's been in quite a few things actually. Uh, Redfern Now. Uh, something with the Water Diviner. Is that what it's called? Oh, the Water Diviner, of course, with Russell um, Crowe. I think you might be right about Grass is Greener. Oh, I can't green. find. Anyway, that was, I actually I made that name up. It's something Pack like to the Rafters. Pack to the Rafters. One of those Australian kind of. <laughs> Do you know there was family. like a? Yeah. This is completely off topic. But there was like a photo shoot from for Ralph mm. that, of one of the ladies from Pack to the Rafters, and the headline on the front cover was "Stacked to the Rafters." <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Can I just say, uh, please, Ryan, Ryan Core? Oh yeah, no, that on January 15, 1989. Same age as me. What yeah. am I, I'm not in an amazing film. Give yeah. yourself what am I doing? some time, Paul. Don't worry about that. You'll get there. But, I mean, he he was tremendous in this movie. Yeah, I'm excited because what I really like about this was, like, it's, like, the star- the stars, they are already stars, yes. but hopefully, like, stars to stalwarts, I would say. But then when you have Guy Pearce, Anthony LaPaglia, Jeffrey Rush, a few others else in the mix. Sarah Snook. Tegan Higginbotham. Well, I was going for the older. Oh, okay. Established generation. I'm with you. I'm sorry. For them to come in and then to bring the best out of them as well. Yes. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, throw a bone to this Australian film, even though you're off doing whatever else. It was, come and deliver some performances. I loved Anthony LaPaglia in this because he was playing the stereotypical disapproving dad. And he got the undercurrent in there of like, I do love you, you know. Yeah. Like, that was in there. But there was something unexpected that he brought into that. Yeah. That he it was a character we've seen a million times before, and yet still, when Anthony LaPaglia would enter a scene, you didn't know which way it was gonna go, mm. yeah. which was very interesting. And I like because there was moments that I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be." There was only really one instance of violence in the film, and look, they may have encountered more, but I like that there was obviously this is a true story. So me saying what I liked and didn't like in a story is a bit strange, but like I was like, "Oh, there's gonna be like family violence. It's gonna be like thrown out on the street, that kind of thing." And there was that. That's the thing is, it was more about the emotional, like, what emotions are you withholding? What love are you withholding? What support are you withholding? As opposed to any sort of physical violence. Yes. Um, which made it all the more powerful. That it was like, well, are they being alienated from their own families? Um, but the fact that there was still that, you know, the capacity to love them was um, quite uh, quite moving. Yeah. So that's our movie autopsy for holding the man. Fantastic film, and if holy shit, yeah! In the in the odd event that you've listened through to this without having seen it, yeah. definitely go see. It. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for this. I um, yeah, I hope um, I mean this like I hope this is getting a release around the world because I I I don't know, like I I think this deserves it. I don't know what happened to Australian films. This is the thing we get a lot of we got all the Australian films, obviously. In Australia, mm-hmm. yeah, that's oh, how yeah. it works. But I don't, I don't know what the release plan is. But in terms of a film that can stand up on its own, and for people around the world to go, "Holy shit, you guys are doing some good stuff." 
this is the film that I'd point people to. Yeah. And of I, recent times. Really good use of songs, too. Mm. Like, the songs put you in the time period. Yeah, I love also... that there's, like, these 80s tracks in there yeah. that are, like, are like, like dark and brooding and, like, synthy and stuff. And it's, like, you're watching this this movie, which is actually lots of, lots of very bright, warm colours against, like, this synthy music. And I'm, like, I was into it. Yeah. Yeah, and there was, there was something, the, the, the punchline kind of attitude of playing Don't Fear the Reaper in there as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. which I, I've never seen the Reaper ad on TV, but I've heard the stories of the... Uh, it should be, like, a, on YouTube, surely. Yeah. This, you know, anti-AIDS Grim Reaper campaign that apparently scared 90% of everyone half to death. Wow. We'll <laughs> go have a listen. <laughs> we will uh, we'll, uh, hopefully be deterred from getting AIDS. I hope. That's the hope. Yes. You can tweet at us at Movie Autopsy. We're also on Facebook. Looks up there. Facebook.com slash Movie Autopsy. I've been Paul Culliver. I've been Anthony McCormack. See you next time. See you then. See you then.